Welcome to the wonderful world of dance, bringing you exclusive interviews with top dancers and choreographers and reviews of the world's best companies across the globe. You can find lots more on our website at thewonderfulworldofdance.com. Hi, this is Savannah Saunders, and today I'm excited to be speaking with Jessica Spinner, Jess, who's a fellow podcast host, ex-professional ballet dancer, health coach, and founder of The Whole Dancer, a health and lifestyle coaching program for high-level dancers. One of the most important issues facing the dance industry is dancer health and well-being. Today we'll be talking to Jess about her own experiences as a dancer that led to her creating this amazing program called The Whole Dancer. Hi, Jess. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So firstly, Jess, tell us about your own dance journey. How old were you when you started dancing and what first sparked your interest in ballet? So I started somewhat late as far as the more professional track goes. My early years were spent at a sort of mom and pop dance studio where technique was not really a focus. And it was one of those situations where you had just 30 minutes each of ballet, tap and jazz. And while I was there, my studio owner actually singled me out and said, you know, I think you should seek out some more professional training. So I really have to give her quite a bit of credit for actually pushing me in that direction. When I was about 12, that's when I started at a more professional school. I started training at the Aglevsky Ballet School on Long Island. And very soon after that, I knew that ballet was was my passion and my focus. And, and, you know, I think probably my first summer program experience sealed the deal for me and and having career talks with our instructors there and, and just feeling like, you know, this is definitely what I want to pursue. So tell us about the summer programs that sparked this d- desire to become a professional dancer. How and why was it so instrumental to you? So it was actually probably the very first one I attended, which happened to be at my home ballet school. So I was still on Long Island for that one. But one of our teachers who had been a professional dancer with American Ballet Theater, she was giving us sort of a a career focused talk. Um, I think, you know, probably part of her motivation was to inspire some of us to go down that path. But at the same time, she was kind of giving, you know, like the real deal, what's required sort of tips uh, Mm -hmm. in order to seek out a dance career. And one of the things that she said was, if you want to be a professional dancer, you can't go to college. Or I don't know that she exactly said that, but as a 13-year-old, that's what I took from it. That was Um, the message that you picked up. That was the message I got was you just can't go to college. So I went home that day and I told my mom, you know, like, I want to be a professional ballet dancer, so I can't go to college. And my mother, I think, panicked because college for every one of her children was like the number one goal. Um, But I was determined and and she was like, okay, maybe we'll be able to like work this out or talk through it as you get older. Um, And but I was determined, like I just had decided in my mind at that day on that day that, you know, um, I was going to be a professional ballet dancer. Now the college plan shifted, but <laughs> at the time I was like, I can't go to college if I want to be a professional ballet dancer. And this is what I know I want to do. Um, so that determination had kind of been kicked in to high gear. 
on that day. But you ended up uh, going to university, but so did you end up combining, did you have your dance career sort of first, then go on to university, or did you, were you able to combine, you know, the vocational aspects of being becoming a professional dancer along with the more academic side? How did it work for you? So when I got to the end of high school, and you know, I had gone to a number of different summer programs and had some really great experiences, but I definitely felt like I was not ready to join a company. Um, Mostly, I would say, in terms of technique, I just didn't feel that I was up to the level I should be. And So I warmed, I had warmed to the idea of going to college over the years. I had kind of said, okay, you know, like maybe there's a way to make this work. And in the United States, there have been these, you know, college dance programs that have definitely been improving and reaching new levels each and every year and, you know, seeking to attract more talented dancers. So... I sort of came to this compromise with my mother and, and, you know, at the same time I felt that it was the right step to go to Butler straight out of high school. I went to Butler university and studied dance and arts administration and they had a really big focus on ballet, which was the number one thing that I was looking for. So. And how did you then move into becoming a professional dancer? Did you wait until the end of your career before you sort of went out into the dance world to seek the opportunities to to dance professionally? So in my senior year of college, during uh, spring break, I went on sort of an audition tour with a few friends and we traveled around the country and auditioned for different ballet companies And that's when I got the offer from Louisville and decided that that would be my next step. So tell us about dancing with the Louisville company. It was quite an experience. And as prepared as I felt that I was after college, I still felt a little bit unprepared getting into the actual company environment. Mm -hmm. Um, Every company is different, of course, but, you know, the pressures are greater, I think, than you expect them to be. And what's expected is it felt even greater to me than what was expected of us in college. And even there, I felt like it was a high bar. Uh, So it was a little bit of a a rude awakening and, and a, a bit of a shock. But I had some friends who were already at that company, which helped a lot in sort of adapting and and starting to feel like I was making improvements within that environment. And whilst dancing with the company and thinking about your future career as a professional dancer, did that experience uh, inspire you to want to sort of go along that traditional trajectory trajectory of, you know, joining the joining the core you know, rising to soloist, you know, hopefully one day to principal. Was that your vision or were you thinking, um, as many dancers do, that actually a different career path is what you are more um, inclined to, to think about? I still felt very determined in the dance sense. However, I think I'm somewhat rare in the fact that I never aspired to be soloist or principal. I just wanted to be in the core. I was perfectly happy, you know, dancing in the group. And it actually just felt 
more comfortable. So I think part of it was a little bit of fear of getting out of my comfort zone at that time. But I I was very happy dancing in a group and, and it felt very satisfying and gratifying to be performing. So I didn't get too caught up in that, in that uh, wanting to go for principle. I just wanted to be dancing. Yeah, absolutely. And what yeah. did you, and tell us what did you love or what do you love the most about your time as a professional dancer in that uh, performance environment or just generally what what's your deep love about dance? I really love the work. Mm-hmm. I I love being in the studio every day. I love taking class. Um, and then I did, you know, I was not someone who really had stage fright. So I did really enjoy my moments on the stage as well. Um, You know, there's something about that energy that you get when you are on stage and feeling that energy from the audience and just, it's, you know, it's hard to describe and and there's like almost no other way to get it. Mm -hmm. It sort of feels like, you know, there's no other stage that's exactly the same as when you're performing a ballet on stage, especially one that you really just love. And what's your favorite ballet that you love performing or just in general? My favorite ballet that I performed was Beauty and the Beast. Mm -hmm. Um, I was an angel (laughs) and, and at the end we, we flew, you know, so like they hoisted us up on, on one of those, uh, I don't even know what they're called, but you know, like, like Like they pull you up. Right. And, uh, and you know, like we're just like flying at the end. (laughs) Um, but just, I just really loved that role. And, um, there were only four of us, so it was a smaller, uh, you know, set of dancers, but it was a, a really fun and, and the costumes were beautiful and yeah, that one. And then also The Great Gatsby was one that I loved performing. Um, I just love those those costumes and the whole energy of that ballet is awesome. Yeah, it's an, it's an incredible story as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, of course. Absolutely. And tell us about your time as a freelance dancer. Uh, what, was, what did that sort of encapsulate? So it was interesting because I, you know, came from the New York dance scene and I understood what it was like auditioning in Manhattan because I had done that my whole life, even as a young person, that was sort of the direction I had to go for summer programs and things like that. So I was very used to such a, a big and and highly, highly competitive dance scene mm-hmm. that then when I came to Boston and was freelancing, it was interesting because I kind of felt that outside of Boston Ballet, which is super high ca- caliber, obviously, mm-hmm. there wasn't a ton of dancers pursuing professional jobs. So there were a lot of opportunities and, you know, a lot of ways where you could kind of make connections with the best known ballet teachers or, or artistic directors in the area. And they actually would, you know, seek you out and call you for certain things. And then auditioning, you know, I always felt like I was getting really great roles. And, and like I said, just a lot of opportunities. So I really enjoyed it. And I liked that I was able at that time to start to explore 
other areas outside of dance mm-hmm. that could kind of enhance what I was doing in the studio. And tell us about, uh, and you mentioned this a little bit earlier, some of the pressures that you felt, particularly coming out of school and then going into the more traditional company scene. What what challenges have you found sort of throughout your career that have um, had quite an impact or that you've had to really overcome? So throughout my dancing up to the end, I struggled uh, significantly with body image and um, borderline disordered eating. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I never got into full-fledged eating disorder territory, I would say, but there were definitely times when my relationship with food and my body and the mirror were just, uh, you know, as bad as it can get. Um, and, and that created a big hurdle because if you're trying to dance professionally, but you're going into the studio and focusing on all of your perceived flaws, it doesn't get you, it does not help you to get to any, you know, next level or even to maintain a job, you know, like it's not easy to stay in it fully when you've got all of this negative stuff spinning around in your head. Yeah. Um, so those were some of my biggest struggles as a dancer. And I would say, you know, as much as I often have said injury is what ended my career, I really think that it's more my mental demons that ended my career uh, more than anything else you know um, it's funny now I'm you know 32 which is very you know feels like over the hill as a ballet <laughs> dancer yeah. but um, I almost feel like if I try if I like really went at it hard now I could get further than I did when I was younger just because I've got the the mental strength and you know the tools that are needed to actually succeed so it, you know, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <Keep you posted. laughs> well, I, I can certainly see you know, the the dedication and the pressures and the physical um, toll that it can take, as well as the emotional and uh, psychological toll that becoming you know working so hard towards becoming a professional dancer and then maintaining that life. Um, as a professional dancer is no no doubt very, very difficult and the challenges mm-hmm. and the issues that the dance industry has around dancer health, you know, body uh, positivity and ensuring that dancers and, or dance students and dancers have the support around them to be able to uh, deal with those issues and those challenges is, is critical really for the future of the dance industry, I person, mm-hmm. personally feel. And I think it's actually something which, you know, thankfully a lot of vocational schools now are are really having a good consideration about in terms of their preparation of young dancers. But I think, you know, perhaps when before it wasn't quite as topical as it certainly is now. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So that was, I was really interested to sort of hear about your personal story and how that has influenced you creating The Whole Dancer. So tell us about The Whole Dancer, the dancer program, and particularly as we talk around body image, the Dancer's Best Body program as well. Tell us about, you know, your vision. Sure. So, you know, I think, as you said, it's, 
such a necessary topic of conversation and it is getting more and more um, sort of attention. However, at the same time, I sometimes think that schools don't exactly and even companies don't fully grasp how to infiltrate and and offer the support that Mm. dancers need. And I think sometimes, too, dancers don't want to admit that they need or want help. Yeah. So with the whole dancer being, you know, mostly an online world that I've I've created and I've been nurturing over the last couple of years, I think that it provides a space where dancers can go and they don't necessarily need to tell anyone that they're seeking out this help. And it's something that they can do for themselves in communication with me if they want. And um, they can get the tools and, and support that is, as we said, needed to really maintain this career and move forward. I created through the whole dancer, the whole dancer program, That was the first program I created. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of geared toward just overall wellness and balance and setting goals, which I think that as much as dancers are driven, we're not often taught or shown, you know, the importance of setting specific goals and how that can move your career forward um, much more quickly than if you're just sort of going towards this abstract, you know, becoming a principal or reaching the next rank, you know. Yeah, and taking control of one's destiny and one's journey rather than just floating along with the opportunities that are presented. Yes, exactly. And, yeah, that control, like, they they don't realize a lot of times dancers don't. I I know that I didn't how much power you have Mm. in your own in your own life and your own path I think you know as dancers were sort of taught you might only get one job offer and that's the one you have to take and there's some reality to that there's some truth to that but at the same time you know just because you take that job doesn't mean it's the perfect fit for you or it's where you should stay yeah or that you can't you know change your path within that job or, you know, uh, around the next audition season, whatever it might be. So I think that dancers really could use that support. And that's what the whole dancer program hopes to provide. Absolutely. And I've been talking recently with a lot of young um, dancers who are either leaving their dance schools or they have entered into companies and saying to themselves actually this is not the career that I'm looking for um they're looking some of them are looking more for opportunities around being guest performers you know sort of coupling that with traveling with uh, Mm -hmm. entrepreneurial activities with wanting to do you know sort of move away from that traditional trajectory and being able to explore different types of techniques or choreographers or you know going with different companies and then you know changing and then thinking about what they they're doing so it's great that there's um, a place like the whole dancer where they can go and help you know look at what their goals are and how they might want to be able to you know feel supported in in you know taking control of their destiny it's fantastic right yeah and like you said you know I think as dancers we get on this path so young mm. and and at such an intense level that you you feel very much like that's the only way to go. And as you said, you know, dancers, sometimes 
once you get to be 20, maybe you have started dancing professionally, 2022, whatever it might be, you really might not be happy in that world anymore. And that's okay. But I think that after spending all that time and dedication, and then sometimes dancers have the guilt around, you know, the money that their parents spent. Mm. um, This expectation that that can be set upon them. If I don't do this, you know, and then there's the whole identity thing and, and identifying ourselves as dancers and then like, oh, if I'm not a dancer, what am I? Yeah. And I have had dancers go through the whole dancer program and come out the other end and say, you know what, like, I've realized that this is not what I want to do next. And, you know, I had a girl who had done her undergrad in dance at a very prestigious university for dance. Mm -hmm. And after going through the program, she was like, I think I'm going to go to like grad school and maybe study something else. And, and that was great, I thought, as an outcome, you know, because she was able to get there for herself and feel empowered around it. And she was getting excited. Whereas before, in pursuing the dance, at that point, she was feeling totally drained and exhausted and 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 scared, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, listening so, yeah. to you, Jess, I'm actually getting goose pimples just thinking about oh. <laughs> you know, the, the impact that you're having on on young, young dancers um, and being able to guide their their sort of futures. I, I just think it's fantastic, actually. I feel very, very lucky to be in this position and and having a positive impact on some dancers because I do think, you know, there needs to be more positive support um, out there for them. So I'm I'm really I really do feel honored to get to do what I do. So tell us about the Dancers Best Body program. Uh, Really interested to hear about that. So the Dancers Best Body program just started in September of 2016. So it's not even been around a year, but it's really been the most popular program that I've put out. Mm-hmm. And I think that as we can all uh, see, and, and, you know, as even coming from my story, the whole body component and reaching peak performance and doing it in a healthful way is definitely an area that a lot of dancers could use a little bit more support. Yeah. Um, you know, so many of the dancers that I've worked with through the Dancers Best Body program have said to me, you know, like this teacher or this artistic director or whoever said to them, uh, you know, this body part needs to change or, you know, you'd really look better if you lost like X amount of pounds or, you know, whatever. And, mm-hmm. and that was my experience too. you know, dancer or, or teachers will say to you, Mm, you know, maybe you could change this thing about yourself. And as dancers, you know, as people pleasers, and and oftentimes perfectionists, we say, Oh, my gosh, I have to make this happen. And I have to do it quickly. And I have to, you know, just make the change, um, which can naturally lead to less healthy means of, of sparking that change. And, the unfortunate part then is, you know, dancers then go back into the studio after crash dieting for four weeks and their teachers start to say, oh, my gosh, you look so great. Keep it up. Or, you know, oh, I'm really seeing that you're making these changes I talked to you about. You know, they get positive reinforcement, unfortunately, for unhealthy practices. Teachers don't usually ask how they got there. They're just glad that they got there. Um, so with the Dancers Best Body program, 
I'm hoping to show dancers that, you know, to do this sustainably, to make the changes you want to your body, uh, it's going to take a little bit longer, but we're going to do it so that it lasts for your whole career. But it's not a, just a, a lifestyle. Right. Yeah. Yes. Not just a quick fix. And we get very much into the mindset part of it in that program as well, because as much as I wish it was just like, here, eat these foods and you'll be you'll be exactly what you want to be. You know, my struggle was in, in my head. And um, I think that that's what is true for a lot of dancers as well. So we get very much into how you think about yourself and what you see in the mirror and how you think about food as it relates to your dancing and your success. Yeah, I remember when I was growing up, <clears throat> I was scared of food. I literally uh -huh. was, it took until I uh, you know, stopped training and as I became a young adult to even be interested in even going near food actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And even you know as a you know fully fledged adult i still have you know some some deep down you know issues mm -hmm. with food and it does stem yeah. even you know i didn't even go into the professional world but it does right. stem from that you know young dancer experience around body and body image and it can really have long lasting effects um if, Absolutely. if they're not given support and if they can get support through the dancers best body program in a way that they feel that's confidential and you know in their own space mm -hmm. to be able to complement their professional or semi-professional practice i think that's that's wonderful and what what sort of feedback are you getting from the dancers who are going through your programs it's been really overwhelmingly positive which is again just i mean it warm, warms my heart when I think about it yeah. and when I hear from them and they say, you know, they, they report so much progress, you know, not only in how they physically appear with the Dancers Best Body program, because naturally, you know, some of them do have body goals and changes that they want to see for themselves and that's okay. And when they report that they're seeing the progress, but then a lot of times they'll say to me, but even more than that, I just feel so much better about myself, you know, and I know that I know now that it's going to be a process and, and that's okay because I want it to last and keep me strong for my career. So hearing that from them is just, it's like, Yes, it's working. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. And yeah. just finally, um, what piece of advice would you give to aspiring dancers who may be facing these challenges around body images, health, well-being issues? You know, some, some sort of you know, key takeaways that perhaps your programs deliver. So for dancers who may be listening to um, this podcast today, what would some of the words that you'd like them to hear from you? Sure. So I think some of the biggest things are that you have to remember who you're doing this for. You know, who are you really dancing for? You know, yes, we get on stage and we're kind of dancing for the audience. And, you know, in the studio, we get to a place often where we are dancing for our teachers or for our artistic directors. And that's who we're thinking about first, you know, like, oh, goodness, what's he thinking of me or what is she thinking of me? And I want you to remind yourself who you're really dancing for. And for most of us, we're dancing for ourselves. You know, you're doing this because you love it, because it, it makes you happy, because it gets you out of bed every morning. And that's who 
you have to make any changes for and that's who you have to work towards any progress for, you know, whether that is in the body changes or whether that is in, you know, improving your technique. So just remind yourself every day that you're doing this for yourself because you love yourself, because you want to enjoy your life. And that can translate into how you approach food and and then it can move into, you know, easily getting to the place where you want your body to be or where you'll be your happiest, best dancing self. That's absolutely fantastic. Such a, you know, am- amazing words for dancers listening today. That's great. Thank you so much, Jess, for joining us. And for everyone who's listening around the world, you can find out more information about Jess's incredible programs. Um, you can also listen to Jess's podcast, The Whole Dancer, which is amazing. So definitely check that out as well. And the issues that we've been discussing today, check out the best, the Dancer's Best Body program. And everything's on her website, thewholedancer.com. And I just want to say that if you are listening and these topics that we've discussed do sort of feel important to you, that they're close to their heart or something that you're experiencing – please do reach out to Jess um, or to myself. But Jess is, sounds a bit, bit of an expert in this particular field. But talk to your teacher, a friend, a ballet mate or a parent um, who can give you some support and understanding. And as I say, check out thewholedancer.com. Thank you, Jess. Don't forget to subscribe. We've got some incredible interviews coming up with principal ballerinas and renowned choreographers. We love dance and ballet, and we hope you'll love us. Join us on Facebook and Twitter.